regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular features show. Hello and welcome to Regular Features, the podcast that is the same every week. And this, of course, uh, as we decided well before recording, is the New Year's special. It's the year's end. And oh, so yeah. we've all got features <laughs> that definitely reference that. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Wait, just put this out tonight <laughs> on the 30th and then yeah. they, can, they can't get us. You're at home, you're prepping for a quiet New Year's, but New Year's nonetheless, and we've got the features for you. You're going to ring in. What you, should, you should start this exactly an hour before midnight, because when you get to midnight, we're going to have such a good surprise for you. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, because at midnight we start our Game of the Year awards. <laughs> um, don't play this before midnight. We've got nothing for you, Steve. What do you have a feature yes. for us this week? Uh, yes, I've been eating a lot of frozen food and tr- ranking it in in terms of my personal preference. But I thought I'd I'd loop I'd loop in an old friend of mm. mine to help me out. Which friend? Is it the guy that speaks fast? I like that we say that every time you bring in an old friend. Is it the guy that speaks fast that's only been on one episode that we all liked? Is it Kate Bush? Oh, bring Kate Bush back too. Bring them back together. Anyway, uh, I have returned to the social media pages of one Uri middle name I haven't looked up, Geller, and we'll be reporting back what I find there. Gav, you don't have a feature, but I think you have a lot of chat for us about what? Was it wine? I got fucking bumped. (laughs) (laughs) Feature got bumped for time. (laughs) You bumped yourself. I bumped myself whilst also going, should I just do it on Saturday? We've been recording for ages. (laughs) Anyway, why don't we have some incidental chat? Should we just have an incidental chat? Yes, chat go now. Chat, go now, please. Thank you. Looking on my features like you want to be calling me all the time. I'm trying to check out my frizzy features behind all the time. Regular features. Regular features. Regular features. Oh! Are you guys people that like New Year's? Because I'm a person who really loves New Year's. I I like an excuse to to have a nice time. I don't mm. I don't treat it with reverence for the holiday in the same way that I do for Christmas. But I like seeing people or doing nice things. I love the countdown. I get mm-hmm. really excited about the countdown. At the countdown. Yeah. Uh, I like the hootenanny. I like all those weird traditions that have organically just arisen through repeated New Year celebrations. I love the fireworks. I love the sense of hopefulness for the new year. What I really don't like people on Twitter who are like, mm, you do realize that coronavirus doesn't understand what a calendar is and it's still going to be here next year. Fuck off. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm excited about 2021. I like, was that it's... guy to Anna today. <laughs> Uh, you realise that months are a social construct. Do you? Do you? Like, fuck do you? you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I Get didn't... out of the bathroom, Joe. I'm trying to watch myself. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my toothbrush, Joe? Have you heard um, of Steve Central Time? It's this new thing. <laughs> <laughs> You're upset at me. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I didn't realise that uh, the hatred against New Year's was uh, so weird. Like, people were fucking not into it, man. I don't care. It's like, you get to, like, I understand. Oh, I saw someone going, I saw someone today and I unfollowed them. 
just going, uh, if you don't, instead of going out for New Year's, uh, have you tried just putting a hundred pounds down the toilet? Oh, shut up. And go into your kitchen and wait in 25 minutes before you pour yourself a drink. And I was like, I, can't, I don't want, I don't need you in my life, mate. You're gone. Anyone, You're out of my life now. As with most things on the internet, I, I'm just surprised anyone gives a shit. Like, <laughs> why do you care what other people yeah. care about? Like, <laughs> why, why does anything outside of your brain mean anything to you? Maybe this yeah. is just me being a massive narcissist, but I couldn't care care less what other people think about the new year because i think what i think about it yeah I, I think we we talked we were in the pub just obviously way 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 as way before coronavirus actually joe and i think it was the two of us who were sitting in the pub and we were just like maybe it's because i like i'm a bit older than you but i was like maybe it's because i'm getting older but i really don't give a fuck about what anybody <laughs> else thinks about no anything now <laughs> like in both directions i don't care what they they think i think and i don't care yeah. what they think like just leave me alone stop telling yeah. me what you think about things and it'll be mm. fine we'd solve so many problems i was about to tweet something angry about talk radio host julia hartley brewer oh yeah and i i just i was writing it it's like why am i why am i what am i fucking bothering with this this yeah. is like people don't need to know what i what what I think, but I'll just tell you the draft because I didn't tweet it and I kind of wanted to say it out loud because <laughs> I thought I thought the only value, the only reason why I should tweet this is if the tweet itself has some value and it's it's a funny thing to read. It was that Julia Hartley Brewer is a fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Send tweet. <laughs> Julia Hartley Brewer is the Richard Hammond to Katie Hopkins' Jeremy Clarkson in that she's a talentless background weirdo who should have died in a car crash ages ago. <laughs> that's an insult twice. I think that in and of itself is I just a, stand, a standalone tweet that has value. And it's not yes. just me being angry at someone. It's me being creative and fun. <laughs> it's me also wishing death on Richard Hammond again. Tweet it. Tweet it. Should I tweet well, it now? Well, I think it's good that you don't tweet it because then the readers get to have this little uh, little fun thing. Where oh, we've little... been recorded. I wouldn't yeah. have said half the stuff I'd said. <laughs> Cut that out. The, re the readers are now like, oh my God, I've got to see like a little peek behind the curtain. Joe, what are you drinking? They look like posh stubby bottles. Small beer. Small <gasps> beer. It's I had one of these beer. sent to me, but it, they're really nice, aren't they? They're tasty, yeah. Yeah. Where'd you get pale. it from? Uh, there's like a really fancy spa, as in S-P-A-R, in Walthamstow Village. I'm big into that. Big into that. We've got really into this bottle of red wine, and I fucking... It's, it's a biodynamic wine, and they're basically selling wine at the cost that they get it in because they're trying to get rid of it, and is actually quite embarrassing how many times I've been in to buy more bottles of this red wine. <laughs> like, to the point where... Uh, when I walked in the last time, the guy went, "Wah!" <laughs> <laughs> that's like when that's like when I had to stop eating kebabs because the man was giving me a handshake on the way in and out, <laughs> <laughs> getting his son down. Quick, come meet Papa Joe. This <laughs> is the man paying for your university. <laughs> no, when I walk in, he just went, "Wah!" and then laughed, and I was like, "Hi, uh, you doing? <laughs> You're right, Gabby. Is it is really hard to get hold of good food and drink during uh, 
tier four national lockdown. And I actually got a voicemail from one of my friends uh, on this exact topic, which I thought I'd just play for you now. Arriva Dirty and Lord have mercy. It's yes. me again, Grapesalicious Bourdain, Southeast North London's premier food critic and recently certified pilot of single engine light aircraft during daylight hours in visibility of at least three kilometers. If it's got anything to do with food or small aeroplanes, I'm already there, hungrily entering a landing pattern, as long as it's no later than 5 past 4 p.m. and conditions are not too hazy. Like so many of my fans this year, I found myself shocked and appalled in a citywide London lockdown, unable to enjoy the capital's internationally renowned culinary scene of world-class restaurants. Blockaded bistros barring me from a celebrated carbonara parathas, sealed off pop-ups preventing me from gobbling down a reputable habanero quesadilla, and bricked-up Vietnamese charcuteries refusing to allow me to goggle a white-hot broth of globally renowned beef pho. Yes, dear reader, just like you, yours truly has spent this season of discontent stuck at home and sampling some of East 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 Kensington's hottest frozen meals. Or as my good friend Holly Willoughby likes to say, dining a la foire. <laughs> Holly has a spark for language that is not betrayed by her on-screen persona. Anyone would think she was after my job, but rest assured, she has told me at several pre-cocktail after-show apres-ski warm-up rehearsal dinners that she is not. <laughs> While I have a taste for the finer things in life, you know I've never been one to shy away from the exotic far-flung delicacies to be found in the sub-zero bins of a very, very big Iceland. In fact, only yesterday I was walking the frozen boards with my old friend, the Hollywood actor Simon Pegg, when he tumbled hip-first into a chilled stack of breaded fish finger fillets. Before you could say frozen Cajun prawn bite canapes, his entourage was upon us, hauling Pegg from the ice-cold chest before frostbite could set in. In his wake, I discovered a discounted box of Szechuan beef lasagna and a pre-mixed sachet of Spanish-style omelette powder with cheddar cheese and bacon. That is a real thing that Iceland actually sells. <laughs> but, as I always say, sometimes you have to break a few pegs to make an omelette. My verdict? Mission possible. Anyway, readers, I must be leaving. If you're ever passing through Biggin Hill after 7.22am and need a ride to RAF Bryce Norton and it's not too cloudy, give Grapes Delicious a dingaling, darling. <gasps> Ciao! It's amazing that she leaves voicemails like that for you. It sounds like a review. <laughs> But it's just a voicemail. It's just a what voicemail. What an odd relationship you have. I think where she, she thinks... says things like, my good friend, Holly Willoughby. <laughs> <laughs> also, that is genuinely, we did segue into that naturally. But I just looked at my phone and during all of the preamble chat, Steve texts me 17 times saying, Gav, what wine are you drinking? Gav, what wine are you drinking? <laughs> Capital letters, Gav. What wine are you drinking? <laughs> Tell the podcast about the wine. Tell them about the wine. 17 messages. <laughs> 
I didn't see them. So now that's a peek behind the curtain to the creative process. Um, <laughs> I really like the way, and I'm not sure if the readers will have heard it or if they'll hear this, but I really like the way that you say hi to get into that voice, but mm. then it sounds nothing like Greg's Delicious Vortex <laughs> voice. It just sounds like you saying hi for a while. <laughs> I was really confused because I was like, oh, he's doing a feature about some arsehole who's like, and then because the, the high sounds nothing like the actual voice. Uh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, good. Thanks. More creative processes. This is good. Maybe this is what we, maybe we'll we'll do a little bit of behind the scenes as we go. It's like not a director's commentary. Yeah, but it, it's the first ever live director's commentary. <laughs> also, where we do something and then immediately <laughs> tell you how it was done, as it if there would, was any fucking mystery behind it. It would genuinely be incredibly funny to me, to me if we released two episodes: one the actual episode, then another episode where it's us talking over us in a podcast. <laughs> podcast about the podcast like that weird thing in director's commentaries where they have to lower the audio really low yeah. but it's still going and it's just us being like yeah at this point let's talk about steve saying hi for a bit yeah i'll tell you what would be even funnier if you didn't f- fucking dissect my feature in front of me seconds <laughs> yeah. after i do it i thought that's what we were doing <laughs> well i feel yeah, hurt I- I text Gav 17 times saying, can we do a director's commentary with how shit Steve's voice is? I know I stand in line until you think you have the time to give a feature to me. And if we go someplace up and I know that there's a chance Radiant of features we'll see And afterwards we drive it to a quiet little place And talk about the name And then I go and spoil it all by saying something stupid like Oh, hello I used to come around here looking for features. I haven't seen you in a while. Well, it's because I had my fill of features, but I've run out. Do I have any regular features? Well, just listen to this. Thank you. It's Gela Watch. Remember Uri? Um, I almost gave up on watching Uri Geller's every move on social media because he became like creepily white right wing for a while. Um, mm. Where he kept going on about how trouble that coming. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. Like it should be obvious that Michael Jackson's best friend would also be a wrong one in some way. But uh, yeah, he just he kind of he did some. St- he kept talking about Trump all the time and yeah. and like how he made Brexit happen or some shit with a shirt. Um, so I kind of went, I'll give up on him for a bit. But then. It has. I'm just checking. It hasn't got to the point. Is it got to the point where people text you any Geller news now? Correct. Because I want. Okay, good. I'm glad. Because um, that's basically anytime there's a new release of Jurassic Park, a trailer, mm-hmm. or a new DVD, I get texts from it. And to be fair, that is brilliant. I mean, yeah, you've got the best version of this. Yes. <laughs> situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just get a thousand messages about how he's allowing the Kadabra Pokemon card to exist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, to be so fair, I've, one of those was me. Yes. <laughs> and me, I'm really yeah. sorry. No, it's fine. I, to be fair, 
I do fucking... No matter what he says, Geller's entertainment. He's box office. He's a fucking moron. Take your pick. Um, he, um, yeah, so if you didn't know, uh, we discussed this on the first ever time that we talked about Geller, which was April 2019. This is the fourth Geller watch. Um, no way. He, uh, <laughs> he, he, in the year 2000, attempted to sue the Pokemon company for 60 million pounds. Um to stop using Kadabra on Pokemon cards, or just in Pokemon in general. Um, Kadabra being the evolution of Abra that leads into Alakazam after a Pokemon trade, uh, and Kadabra in... He carries a spoon, and he uh, is called... It's, it translates roughly to Ungella in it's Japanese. Really? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a straight rip-off of... It's it literally is Yuri Geller. Like, they've just taken... Definitely Geller. a rip-off of Yuri Geller. Because Alakazam's called Houdini-mon or some shit in Japan anyway. Yeah. Except fucking Hooters is... Uh, <laughs> dead. <laughs> yeah. So no one gives a fuck. <laughs> Stomach cancer. Um, yeah. I think oh, yeah. that's what... He I, escaped. He, he, he escaped didn't die though. in the barrel, Gav. <laughs> no, that's right. We died. <laughs> we died in the barrel. Um, but... Um, he like he had a case, and just to fob him off, instead of paying the sixty million pounds, the Pokemon company just went, "We'll just never print another card with your name on it, then, dickhead." Yeah, um, and uh, they've never printed another Kadabra card in those twenty years. They've done plenty of other stuff with Kadabra, as we'll get onto later, but they've never printed another card. Geller has that to his name. Nice. So that's the big news. Basically, someone asked him. Uh, <laughs> will you what what's going on with Kadabra these days and as soon as he was asked about it in public he went you know what they can have him and that was huge news fair play to him so his social media lit up i thought look if if Na- if geller who has well certainly far fewer followers than you gav um oh he he's been trying hard to amass followers and do stuff. There was one of my features, which was all about how he wanted to get verified on Instagram. He's sunk that low. Um, <clears throat> he's just, he's really into it. So I thought if any time uh, is good to check this mad bastard social media, it's now. And Also, to be fair, yeah, Pokemon and Yuri Geller, that is like your professional and your... I don't even know what the fuck you would call this. <laughs> Professional and podcasting lives. <laughs> intersecting. Your, those are both of your lives. Like, yeah, that is, that's big news, man. It's been huge for me. Um, but he's, so he's really been going at social media recently. He's definitely given up on his private Vimeo page, which I still access quite regularly. Um, he still puts stuff up there, but it's the last thing he put on was like a Blue Peter interview he did in the 70s. I don't know what the fuck's going on over there. But on Twitter and Facebook, he's going for it. In the last week, this is just like as an aside, this is just a social media update on Geller's weird uh, weird videos he puts up. Yeah. Um, he filmed his latest coronavirus test. Um <laughs> Uh, and he's like, hey, I'm going to do a coronavirus test because this I'm going to do a commercial next week. Uh, and so the dude sticks a swab up his nose. <laughs> Geller winces and audibly goes. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as the, the guy says he's finished, he turns and stares right into the camera and says, it didn't hurt. But he's got tears in his eyes. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> He's so keen to say it didn't hurt when it obviously really put him in pain. <laughs> I'm glad you told me it was over because I didn't even realise that it was finished or that it even started or where I am. <laughs> when shall test begin? <laughs> Look at your swab. Where is it? It's in the shape of a heart. Um, he. Uh, the next video after that is him on the set of the commercial he says he's filming, which he says he can't tell you what it is, but it's global. It's a global commercial. Um, it's also been accompanied by him mysteriously putting up tons of adverts he's been in on, on his uh, on his social media, like he's telling work. It's got to be spoons. It probably, he must have been got... in a fucking B and Q advert or something like exactly. that. Exactly, yeah, IKEA. He's been in a lot of adverts that involve spoons. He's in a Muller Corner advert from when Muller Corners first got those little bendy spoons. Is he really? Oh. Yeah. It's him unbending the little bendy spoon. It's, oh, it's quite good. No. Um, but on this video, he's just fucking barging around the set of this commercial he's working on and pointing out all the really boring shit on a set. He's just like, lights, <laughs> sound. Uh, he walks up to a woman and just points her finger right in her face and says, the beautiful actress. <laughs> and she just looks really <laughs> nonplussed. <laughs> then he points at the director who starts raising his hand to wave, but he Geller just quickly moves the camera so that he can't wave and you see the director sort of go, oh, okay, put his hand away. Geller's pulled the camera around to literally sh- physically shove a cameraman out of the way of the shots to show the camera he's working on. And he just goes, the camera, that's a massive camera, <laughs> and then stops. Then he points out some high-rise buildings in the distance for absolutely no reason and says goodbye, and that's the end of his his weird commercial tour. And then my personal favourite of his recent videos, there's a video of a Christmas Eve parade in Old Jaffa where he lives in Israel. Yeah, and he uh, he it starts like zoomed right in on his museum. We'll get onto his museum, and then like it's zoomed in so the guy pans down and then it's just right in on Geller's face filling the entire screen I'm like what the fuck's going on and he just goes it's Christmas Eve (laughs) you're like fucking hell and there's this weird tiny parade going past his museum on Christmas Eve he walks right up to the dude driving the main float and like sticks his face right next to the window so that the man on the float announces that Uri Geller is there and there's like six people on the street and no one looks at him after this has happened. And then after that, Geller just walks off and just quite solemnly puts on his face mask, which inadvertently makes it extremely clear that he took it off so that he'd be recognised. <laughs> <laughs> which I love. Um, now, ever since April 2019, Geller's been saying that he's going to open the Uri Geller Museum in a year. Yes. It's still not open. <laughs> Oh, um, to be fair though, neither is fucking Sagrada Familia. How long have they been working on that <laughs> monstrosity? <laughs> like, you can't have a you, you can't have a go at him. <laughs> both full of the same lot of shite. Um, <laughs> same stairs based shite. <laughs> <laughs> Back in 2019, he was posting videos of Roseanne looking around the building site and saying it couldn't open because his Cadillac was. Fucking stuck in a port, which is really weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, the main attraction. I'm now delighted <laughs> that he's say, really known for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got a Cadillac stuck covered in spoons and a big crystal. He says that Leonardo da Vinci owned 
But the Daily Mail said the crystal was hollow, to which he was publicly furious. Oh, God, I remember that. He had the crystal and they they did some forensic analytics on the on the caustics of it. They said it was bollocks. <laughs> and he's like, can't be bollocks, it's on my Cadillac. He did a bollocks test on it yeah. and it failed it instantly. And if the male is saying that your bullshit is bollocks. What, so is Roseanne his friend? I don't know if they're friends because the video makes it look like she's very uncomfortable being stood so close to him. Um, as a sidebar, by the way, the only thing he has opened about is... Um, <laughs> his museum, as we've discovered before, is his shop full of incredibly expensive things. I'm delighted to say that the shop has ballooned from two categories, which were original drawings and prints of the original drawings, to include original drawings, prints of the original drawings, lithographs of the original drawings, postcards, magnets, and jigsaws. There's one other category I can't remember. Wait, I'm just going to look at Mouse it. mats. Uh, comics, comics. He's selling comics. Oh, um, featuring himself, and then the Shut fifth. Up. Yeah, uh, and then the fifth category, and I swear I'm not making this up, is just titled "Bronze Handguns." <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say before you cast too many stones in this glass house? Uh, yes. Log did just launch a regular feature shop in which he's selling his own ponytail. Yes, and a. A ratty, beaten-up piece of shit doll with a caved-in face for a thousand pounds each. <laughs> Those compared to the work of Uri Geller are significantly cheaper. <laughs> okay, <laughs> what's the URL for this shop? I keep meaning to check it out. Regularfeatures.com/shop. Feels feels like as you know, one of the business partners of this <laughs> venture. I should have a look at it. <laughs> well, we also none of us also. <laughs> I thought this was a joke for his feature. None of us signed off on the name the Pinch Penny Spendatorium either. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, I mean I'm into that. I'm just saying there was a lot to discuss. Wait, um, what is it? Regularfeatures.com forward slash shop, I believe. I hope nah. it is. That's not working. Is it not? Oh my God, it's not working. No, it's forward slash index.php forward slash shop. Oh, why Why wouldn't it be? He hasn't even put... <laughs> I know, the resolution of the images he's put up is not up to scratch. And he's supposed to put the t-shirts on there. He didn't even do it. <laughs> That's the main thing we need a shop for. <laughs> it looks like fucking Homer's website in The Simpsons. There's a couple of GIFs <laughs> and sounds off that being that. He hasn't even got a picture up for the ponytail one. No, he hasn't. He's waiting on the ponytail picture. A ponytail that he got cut off 17 years ago. <laughs> To be fair, though, Chloe the Awful Baby for a grand is pretty good. Yeah. I, I also love that it says one in stock. Yeah. <laughs> As if like, someone's checking, oh, how many is in stock? Oh, it's still one. Still one. I didn't realise he'd put the entire script from his feature about the shop below as the description to those items. Fucking hell. I love it. And I yes. hate it. Yeah. Um... <sighs> Now, I feel like we've got off the point here that he's selling Sorry, bronze yeah. handguns in mm, his shop. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, these are um, 1.5 kilo bronze handguns with bent barrels uh, that he's inscribed the word peace on in three different languages. Um, and Is there's one a, a Welsh? No, unfortunately. English, Arabic, and Hebrew. Um, and uh, Three useless useless fucking languages there. <laughs> well, you'll be happy to know that they are on sale, 50% off. They are now $3,000 each. And I was just thinking we could buy one 
And I mean, that's like quite a lot of episodes. You could of buy three feature. Chloe's for one gun. If we you sold one Chloe pony. and one Log's ponytail, we could buy most of a half off Yuri Geller gun. We could feasibly email Yuri Geller. <laughs> I know someone with Uri Geller's real email address. We'd tra- trade him Chloe for a gun. Um, but I was thinking we could trade Chloe for a gun and he could put Chloe in his museum. Because, as we're yes. going to get on to, the shit that this man is putting in his museum <laughs> about himself is absolutely all over the place. I'm delighted to say that the Cadillac and much more has now arrived, even though it isn't open. He did a video tour, and I've got a short quiz for you. Oh, my God. The Things in Geller's Museum quiz. It's very simple. I will read you a list of things that are in Uri Geller's museum, and you've got to tell me which one isn't in Uri Geller's museum. I love Uh, it. Just to up the Gellerishness of this section... Um, I'm going to accompany me reading this list with the Uri Geller Official Museum theme tune, which is also real. Uh, it's composed by Loretta Weinberger, who in her many credits has composed for Sesame Street and the Trump inauguration. Shut um, up. Real. <laughs> and is one of the most schizophrenic pieces of music I've ever heard. And on Twitter, currently has 440 listens. So this is going to be the biggest audience this piece of music has ever had. <laughs> wow. Uh, according to my very brief research. Uh, so I'll start the music, and then I will read a list of things that may or may not be in Uri Geller's museum. A pottery crown. A driftwood horse. Do you want us to stop you? No. Okay. A stone from, in his words, close to the wailing wall. <laughs> <laughs> The overalls from an astronaut on Apollo 14. Hmm. A 110-year-old teddy bear. A throne of spoons given to him by Kellogg's. Some paintings by Michael Jackson's chimp. A crystal skull. Some kind of rock, but all he says is, this is a 55 million years old, and then stops because he's been distracted by his own Andy Warhol painting of a cat. A painting by an Israeli artist that includes many figures included in the museum, including Dali, Freud, Muhammad Ali, Einstein, John Lennon, and the comic book character Daredevil. (laughs) An empty wall that he says will be Elvis Presley's wall. (laughs) An entire wall plastered with pictures of the young Uri Geller. And a big gold model plane given to him by Colonel Gaddafi. (laughs) Wow. Which of those do you think isn't in Uri Geller's museum? I think it's a trick, and every single fucking bit of that madness adores is is all of it. (laughs) Everything I've just said is in Uri Geller's museum about himself. Oh, my God. Do you know what, though? Do you know what I was thinking while you were reading all that out? What? I bet we could get something in that museum. Chloe the Awful Baby. Not I'm just saying, we could give him it and say that her face was caved in by... Spoons. Um, <laughs> we like, fucking chucked a big spoon at If we her. just said the great Danton did it and didn't tell yeah. him that's a fictional magician. 
Well, when he tried to move the the football during the penalty kick at the World Cup final and he couldn't do it, just say, at that exact moment, my baby's face caved in. So that must have been (laughs) So even though the ball didn't move, I think what happened was, Uri, if you'll let me finish, um, (laughs) is all your power came down my skybox. I'd done crushed in my baby. <laughs> done crushed up my baby's head. Anyway, here she is for your warehouse of dreams. <laughs> it is fucking mental. Like the Daredevil thing, by the way, tra- um, is, is part wild. of the comics that he sells. There was one issue of the Daredevil comic that included Uri Geller as a main page, like a front page right. figure. And he's obsessed with it. Um, but I yeah, see. he's he's wrong. Uh, <laughs> I generally, I think we could get something in this museum, man. I think if we just went on our own dime and left something in there, they wouldn't clean it up. They just think this has to be a part of this place. <laughs> yeah. How, how much can, is old old Jaffa in uh, in it, what tier is that in? <laughs> It's in it's in Tel Aviv, and as far as I understand it, Uri Geller can walk around taking his fucking fucking mask off to shout into parade floats. So I reckon we could do any old shit there and get away with it. <laughs> all right, sick. Um, but yeah, um, and any so that sorry, all of this is a preface to the main section of Geller Watch this this year. Um, just just to go through uh, the dwindling popularity of. <laughs> Furry Geller's relationship to Pokemon in the last few weeks uh, and the weird ways he's tried to get more attention for it. Mm. Um, so when he when he did his first apology, he said, I'm truly sorry for what I did 20 years ago. Kids and grown-ups, I am releasing the ban. Um, he made sure to point out that it will be one of the rarest cards now because he loves the attention. Uh. And he included a link to the Uri Geller Museum at the end of it. 9.1 thousand retweets, 25 thousand likes. Big time Social media work for Uri. A day later, he has mysteriously found a huge suitcase of loose Kadabra merch that he says he hasn't opened for 20 years. (laughs) In his, in quotes, since I put the ban on Pokemon, (laughs) which is a mental thing to say. And then as an afterthought, he goes, stupidly. Like he really has to play up to the idea that he thinks he was stupid now. Yeah. Um, and all he's doing, he just opens it up and he's just chucking bits of Kadabra merch all over his floor, just shouting stuff like, look, or wow, or don't know what this is. <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> it's just a picture of Kadabra. I don't yeah. know what the fuck what that the is. Fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is this? Is some sort of monkey? <laughs> <laughs> None of it is sorted at all. It's just loose in this big suitcase. Um and which gives the, actually to be fair, there is one thing on there which is a big yellow file full of loose papers that just says Pokemon in marker pen on the outside. Oh no, none of it sorted, which absolutely gives the impression that he just in, two, in the year two thousand walked into a lawyer's office and just emptied it onto a desk <clears throat> and said, "Sue these fuckers," and then they said again. There it is. <laughs> he said, "Get rid of it," and he just had to stuff it all back in really hurriedly. Big drop off in attention on this video. 430 retweets, 777 likes. Mm. Not great. Although I bet 777 is a very lucky number too, Uri Geller, for some reason. Yeah, he's like, I wanted 
that amount, yeah, actually. It was great. Uh, a week after that, he says, I didn't believe what a massive impact my lifting the ban on Pokemon cards would cause. <laughs> just Google Uri Geller Pokemon and click on news. She's just trying to game the algorithm. He says, I'm getting around, I'm getting messages from around the world constantly, most of them thanking me. The rude ones are okay too, as long as they spell my name correctly. It's all about SEO for Geller. He loves it. How do you spell Geller? Is it like Ross Geller or is it like Yuri Geller? Is it different? I don't know about Ross, but Uri Geller has an E at the end, which might be the tripping up point. Uh, he accompanies that with a video of himself, bewildered Pokemon fan who messaged him just to say, like, can we talk about the Kadabra stuff? And he's invited him to his museum for an on-camera interview he was not prepared for. Uh, <laughs> and then at the end, he's like, I'll sign one of his Kadabra cards. Maybe. Uh, and makes makes a point of saying the Pokemon thing is still out of control. Four retweets, 32 likes. Uh, and on December 21st, Uri Geller did actually receive a letter from the CEO of the Pokemon company saying that he thanks him for giving them his blessing. But he seemingly misses the veiled cynicism from the Pokemon company when he says, we're also happy that you do not object to the continued use and development of the character. They've been making Kadabra shit for 20 years. They didn't stop it. (laughs) And he's like, it's good news for Pokemon fans, completely missing the fact that he's like, yeah, no, we keep doing it. Um, yeah, they're like we just literally didn't give a fuck, right? Yeah, we found the the we, loophole that would save us the, the we have to spend the least amount of money on. We didn't make we one Pokemon card. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So clearly, attention's waned. Pokemon stuff is going down the hill. G- Geller has had his moment. He had the moment of banning the card and then unbanning the card. You can't re-ban it, probably. <laughs> um, so I was looking for lifelines. I was looking for ways that Geller could get the next jot of attention he so desperately needs. And in the Facebook comments on that last video... Oh, God. There's a man called Brandon Ramirez who writes, Hey, bro, I love Pokemon. How have you been? I would like you to send me a message. It seems I'm developing a technique similar to yours. Ah. Now, I've drafted a letter from Uri to Brandon Ramirez that I... This is an open letter to Uri Geller that he can use as a closed letter to Brandon Ramirez. Excellent. <clears throat> I'll attempt to read it in Uri Geller's voice. <laughs> Dear Brandon, <laughs> it was so good to see you writing on my Facebook page. And after your kind request, I thought it would be nice of me to send you a message. So here I am. Uri Geller sliding into your DMs. What a day for you. I love that you love Pokemon. Now that it's financially prudent for me to like Pokemon again, I love them too. I think my favorite Pokemon is Spoink, the pig that is a spring. My least favorite Pokemon is Grumpig, the evolution of Spoink, because he has these sort of black orbs on his head and belly and they look like big caviars and it makes me feel a bit sick. In our correspondence, I've started trying to convince Ishihara-san from the Pokemon company to let me design a new Pokemon. I will call him Hypnodisc, named after my favorite robot from Robot Wars, (laughs) and his main attack will be to smash the knees off of Charizard. (laughs) Anyway, Brandon, I was very intrigued (laughs) to read that you are developing a similar technique to mine. 
I was intrigued because I'm assuming you mean that you are also becoming a world-renowned mind genius with the power to manipulate metal, spy on Russian arms deals for the CIA and destroy (laughs) the very life of renowned skeptic Stephen Colbert from a coffee shop in my beloved old Jaffa Israel. All while using your million shekel smile to befriend the coolest people in the world like Michael Jackson and Roseanne. Is that right, Brandon? Is that what you're doing? You're becoming a world-class brain legend like me? If so, I have a piece of advice. Uh, Don't! Because if you do, I will consider you a rival. I don't like rivals, Brandon. I'll come at you with all I've got, Brandon. I'll eliminate you, Brandon. Like (laughs) I've eliminated so many others. I'll alter the minds of birds in your area and make them fly into your family members like fluffy bullets. I'll bend all the bars off of jailhouse windows and send messages to the criminals' brains saying, go and take Brandon's TV. I will make your car into a... I will make your car into a proper actual transformer and make him shit his gearbox through your chimney before getting him to walk away and throw himself in a river. And if none of that works, Brandon, I don't know if you've seen, but I sell bent bronze handguns on my website, www.origelamuseum.com slash product slash bronze dash handguns. As a fellow practitioner, I'm sure you're aware that what is bent can be unbent. That is not a threat, Brandon. I'm just saying that because no one is buying my bronze handguns, I have a lot of potential weaponry at close hand. Just saying, Brandon. Don't fuck with me, Brandon. I'm a nice guy, Brandon. But I'm a bad enemy. Huge love and love, Brandon, here in old Jeff Israel. Peace. Uri. Kiss. Regular features. Come on. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Regular Features Podcast. Thank you for listening to this Regular Features Podcast that we love to do. If you love to listen to it, you can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features and pledge an amount of your choosing to help us make the podcast that we do. In order to celebrate and honor those who support us on Patreon, we like to reward them with a little old B name. Oh, are we still doing this? I thought I'd put an end to B names. <laughs> oh, yeah, I thought we did it too. I thought we both made them stronger, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Last week felt like a real full stop to the B name thing. And new sentences always begin after full stops. <laughs> <laughs> Give a B name to Harry Miles. Harry? Harry? Hairy like a bumblebee. Like like a bumblebee's ass. Hairy like a bumblebee's ass. That sounds almost like Miles. Go with it. <laughs> there you go, Miles. Give a bee name to try making a bee name out of this Mr. Smart Guy. Jonathan Dimblebee. <laughs> yes. There you good. go. <laughs> and finally, give a bee name to Mega Slippers. Mm. Is that it? 
Is that the sound of a bee taking off? Yeah. There's actually a flyby. Um, a bee flyby. A flyby by a bee. Uh, that's what Mega Snubbers gets. I'll do it again if you want. Yeah, go on. Get it clean. It's like the artist formerly known as Prince. Yeah. It's like, try, try putting that in a Twitter name. Yeah. <laughs> Three beautiful bee names for three beautiful people. Thank you mm. for your support. If you'd like your own bee name, go to Patreon, help us out, or just tell your friends, tell your sister, tell your brother, tell your father, tell your mother, tell your cousins and your dog, tell your cat. About log. <laughs> we should tweety up next episode so then we definitely have to do it well i think we should right. because we teed up that episode three episodes ago mm. <laughs> well it, it must have been our first year of doing this podcast for some reason steve log and gav that's me mm-hmm. um got went to log's house to record a podcast and drank an entire bottle of amaretto and then re- tried to record a podcast and i i, I as a as an audio producer slash editor man, that was the hardest job I've ever had to do, editing that together into back, something. We were more sort of conceptual back then, weren't we? We, we tried out some mad new ideas and yes. innovative audio explorations. Yes. And uh, getting, like, pass out pissed and amaretto on log <laughs> stairs. I just <laughs> was I part do of that. Point out. Disarono's not like a wildly high no, ABV. Not. It really isn't. You had a third of a bottle of it. It's not well, we, like no, we had that plus six cans. Mm, okay, that's quite a lot. But this is the thing, and we've always said that we would do it again. Mm. But obviously, this year we cannot. So what we've all done is, with the Patreon money, bought ourselves bottles of Disarono. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like if you drink an entire bottle of Disarono. Yeah, then you're in it, trouble. Maybe I shouldn't be driving, and I will be, and I will be. <laughs> You've got nowhere to go, but you're just going to go on a big drive. Because I've also used the rest of the Patreon money for that episode on a tractor. <laughs> yeah, because as as you all know, I have to be moving at all times. <laughs> like Legally, a Otherwise, your head will explode. <laughs> yeah, legally. Uh, um, and for tax reasons, I've got a s- kind of speed thing going on, <laughs> but it's a shit van. <laughs> um, it's like the metal Caymans in here. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so I I will be driving um, and doing shots of amaretto on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're all going to drink a bottle of amaretto and try to do a regular features next episode as a little special. I, I don't know who it's for. <laughs> it's, for it's, us. A, it's for us more than it is for the readers but then the readers and us the line is quite blurry so mm. hey but the most important thing is that we have fun yes probably hmm is it no that's actually not the most important thing is it <laughs> Cheros.